Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 277, brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Mark Allred, joined every week, as always, by my boy, Dom Tiano. Dom, how are we doing, buddy? Not bad, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm good, good, good so far. And down below is Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin, what's up, bud? Not too much. I'm ready to talk some hockey, and Dom's rocking a faux hawk, so we got a, uh, a good episode in store here. I'll full hawk. I love it. Yeah, I went and got um, my hair cut, and I said, I don't know, do something different, and this is what she did. So can't well, wait to it. get my next one and get rid of it. Interesting. I wonder if the guy behind you, Dom, has a full hawk as well. I don't know, but, um, you know, if I could get him to take that helmet off, we'd find out, right? It's playoff <laughs> hockey, so you never know what these guys are doing. Absolutely. It is playoff hockey. This is our uh, 2022 uh, playoff uh, episode as we get everybody previewed on the upcoming action against the Col- uh, the Colorado. Yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, it's I'm, I'm super stoked. Uh, I'm out of words. You can obviously hear and see that we're in the postseason now and, and, and things are going to get really intense and so on. But uh, I do want to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag for that intensity and you want to start getting in your futures and your wages uh, and, and try to win some money. These are the guys to do it. So listen to this ad read and we'll be right back. Our partners at betonline.ag continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, 
fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. BetOnline.ag is a continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head over to the BetOnline.ag official website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. It's where the game starts. All right, Beast fans, we are back. You just heard me talk about the amazing show sponsored BetOnline.ag. Listen, I found out something recently about BetOnline.ag, and if you're listening to this episode right now, you're most likely a hockey fan and a Boston Bruins fan. But if you do happen to wager, guess what? You can wager on the NHL, which pretty much anybody knows, but also the AHL and the Canadian Hockey League action. So if you want to place a wager on Ryan Mast of the Tharnia Sting or uh, or uh, Brett Harrison of Oshawa, you can get involved in that stuff. So it's really kind of cool. And I can't believe that it took me all this time this season to figure that out. But anyway, we are, I know we are here talking about the Boston Bruins and the upcoming postseason. So let's get involved. Unless you guys want to start with something else and we got some grievance going on. Anything going on right now? Oh, yeah. Um, If I can, before we get into the playoffs, I want to go back to the regular season. And uh, the boy behind me here and his nomination for the uh, Masterton Masterton Trophy. And I have to tell you guys, I am irked. I am shocked. I am dismayed. Any adjective you want to think of. I am that when it comes to some of the comments and some of the things I've been reading and seeing on social media, how non-deserving Jake DeBrusque is and, uh, you know, some suggesting that mental health is not an issue and um, he shouldn't be nominated for the Masterton Award just because of that. Now, I'm not suggesting others like Eric Haller or David Pasternak are not worthy of it, but to suggest that that Jake DeBrusque is not because all he had was simple mental health issues, shame on you people. That is a crock of shit. Online, maybe two or three people know what I went through a year ago where I was missing in action for four weeks. I have a daughter-in-law to be in the hospital that my son caught, walked in on, trying to swallow a bottle of pills last weekend. So shame on you people. Shame on you to say what he has gone through is not worthy of recognition. Shame on you. It pisses me off that a Bruins fan would call themselves a Bruins fan and make the comments that I've been reading. And I'm sorry, guys, but I had to start with that rant because I am pissed to the bones about it. No, yeah. um, as someone who has dealt with mental health for the past 10 years of his life, that is really horrifying to hear. Um, it's a real thing. It sucks to deal with. If that's something that you don't deal with, hats off to you. But to act like it's not a real thing and to um, you know, think that somebody is undeserving of something be in because of something like that is 
ridiculous. It, that honestly sickens me. Yeah, I totally agree. It's there's a lot of classless going on when it comes to this particular topic. And um and and once I've seen um several people come out and, and say that Pasternak deserves it more because of the fact is that he lost a child, um, which was a, a very um a tragic moment for him and his family, obviously. Uh, and that he should be nominated and why the PWHA, uh, the writers, the Boston chapter didn't nominate him. Uh, and there was frustration from that. Uh, this is the type of award that we shouldn't be frustrated about who gets nominated. It's it's for a certain reason. And like Dom said, it might, you know, might be a mental problem. It might be this and that problem. But maybe a person like David Pasternak, who might have been approached. We, we, we do know that these players know what's going on before they receive these awards. Um, maybe he just didn't want to be recognized. Maybe that was a moment in his life that he just didn't want to, you know, go through right now and, and pass it on to something else. And, and obviously um, maybe Jake DeBrusque was the next story in line. I, I totally respect the way that everything was handled by the PWHA and so on. And if it did, did happen like that, I respect the organization and the player even more for, for trying to keep it just a little bit more at home, you know? So uh, a lot of classless going on when it comes to this particular topic. And, Obviously, we didn't want, we didn't mean to come in hot and heavy and so on, but it is something that it, it shouldn't be shadowed. It shouldn't be forgotten about. We all have, we all go through struggles on a daily basis, and and people that say they don't, they're liars. We're 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 we're, we're creatures of um of uh, of habit, and and sometimes we have our ups and down times. It's it's just a, it's just the way it is. So hopefully, we can be better in the future. To be honest with you, well said. Exactly. I think people are just butt hurt because of the trade request and are just using this as an excuse to express their their anger, but again, does not diminish what the guy has gone through the last couple of years. And and to provide the the what he has provided to the Boston Bruins this season, kudos to Jake. Absolutely. Yep. Perseverance is nothing that anybody should be uh, kicked on for. You know, you're making your life better. You're changing certain situations around. Uh, be happy about that. Don't be so freaking negative, people. All right, let's get the, uh, that out of the way and let's talk some um, some 2022 first round playoffs. We uh, after yesterday's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the final uh, game of the 2021-22 season. Um, and it was an unfortunate loss, but I mean, if anything was going to be categorized, this was a scheduled loss in my opinion, because the fact is that so many Boston Bruins upper echelon players that need the rest deserved it and got the day off. Now they're going to have a couple of days to, um, recoup and get right back into it on Monday against the Carolina hurricanes. So before I get into all this action, that I have written down in these notes, just some real uh, bullet point important information. How do you guys feel about the postseason? Or maybe maybe step back a little bit and think about the two part question: uh, the whole year in itself, and to where we are right now before we meet a very offensively gifted uh, Hurricanes club. Why don't you go ahead, Tom? Uh, I'm fine with the way the season went. Um, I know early on, and you know. We've stressed on, on this show a number of times. It's like it's early, folks. They're they're 
they're playing games. Their games were few and far in between at the time. They couldn't get into a rhythm uh, with all the new players that have brought in. Like, let's just show some, so show some patience here and see what happens. And then, bam, January 1st rolls around. And I think they had, what, the second best record since January 1. <laughs> As for the playoffs, I think I stressed a number of times here, the only two teams that I had concern about going into the playoffs would be Tampa and Carolina. Um, and that I felt good about the Bruins' chances against any other team. Uh, my feelings on Carolina have changed, and we'll get that into into that a little bit more as we break down the series. But I, I think the easiest route for the Bruins would be to go through the Metro because they they face the winner of Carolina, Washington, uh, or they face the winner of the New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, as opposed to going against uh, the winner of uh, Toronto and Tampa next, and then the Florida Panthers. So uh, the easier the easier path was through the Metro Division, and that's where where they find they'll find themselves Monday uh, when Game One starts. So I'm feeling a lot better than I was, let's say, pre-trade deadline. And I, I think that the path to success, uh, they've gotten the easier one now. Kevin, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the upcoming uh, post, I mean, the uh, yeah, the postseason uh, schedule against Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, so like Dom, um, early on when we faced Carolina, I was pretty nervous um, when it came to that team, just with how the Bruins were showing themselves um, during those during those games. But, you know, I go ahead and I look back, and the teams were in, you know, totally different atmospheres at the time. Um, for most of those games, Bruins were missing a lot of key players. Um, you had an injured Raskin net for one of those games too, um, where it just got completely blown open in the first period. And that's not on Rask. That's not Rask's fault. He just, he wasn't there. He was, you know, he was injured. He was dealing with it. Um, and going forward, looking at the series, I mean, Carolina really doesn't scare me all that much anymore. Um, they're having some goaltending issues. I think that the Bruins um, will be able to capitalize. They just need to be able to capitalize on their scoring chances, and they need to also be able to be disciplined um, in their own end and make sure that they're not able to um, give them a lot of power play opportunities. And they also need to make sure that they are keeping the front of the net clear for Allmark to have vision um, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of traffic that can be in – you know, in front of that net with uh, the way Carolina plays. And I think the key to this series is 100% that defense being what they have been of late. And, um, you know, like Dom alluded to, before the deadline and after the deadline, two completely different situations. I think Hampus Lindholm was a absolutely perfect addition to this uh, defense. It was almost like they added two defensemen when they picked that guy up. He really was able to allow the rest of the defense to slide into a more comfortable spot. Uh, Fulbright and Clifton right now are looking um, a lot better than we initially thought they would be. We were pretty nervous about that third pairing, but I think the uh, Clifton and Fulbright pairing should be okay. I mean, Clifton can play a heavy style of playoff hockey. He can lay the hits. He's also been transitioning the puck well. So there's a lot to like there. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think the Bruins have a chance here at being able to knock this team out and have an upset. 
I'm totally on board with your thoughts, uh, both uh, Kevin and Dom. Um, it, it is a different time of the year and so on. Uh, you know, it, when we were thinking back uh, so many episodes during the regular season that this was going to be one of the teams that could really be a thorn in the Bruins side, of course they were. I mean, uh, you this uh, Carolina Hurricanes team outscored the Boston Bruins in the regular season 16-1, uh, and two of those games came via shutout. And and the goaltending was really good and so on. So we don't know what, exactly what's going on with Frederick Anderson. Um, I heard that he could be missing a couple games. I heard he could be missing the the first, first series uh, against the Boston Bruins. So uh, that remains to be seen. But you got to watch out for the uh, for the their forward uh, Smetchnikov and Tara Vinen and Kokiemi and and um, um, uh, what's his name? Kokiemi ready. He's, he's uh, I'm sorry. He's I, no, what I what I marked down on my notes was the uh, the goal scorers from Carolina oh. during the regular okay. season. So, and uh, you know, obviously Jacob Slavin's a great goal uh, defenseman and so on. So, and Sebastian Aho. I mean, our biggest thing, in my opinion, in this series is is we need to get shots on goal, no matter who's in net, whether it be Frederick Anderson or somebody else or an e bug. You got to get these shots on net, no matter what, and, um, and 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 do it with the intent of creating not only a goal to you know that's that is the goal here, but also secondary opportunities for others that are crashing the net. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me is the finish. Let's finish. You know, I think that we've been missing a lot of that finish. It's more a finesse game and so on when it comes to like crashing the net and shit. So. Um, it's going to be a very challenging series. I get it offensively, but I, I really give the hand to our goaltenders. And I think that that's going to be one of the, the key factors in this game is how much pressure the goaltenders are going to uh, see from uh, from this powerful offense. It's going to come at you in heavy layers and how they accustom to it and relax and, and just, you know, move on to uh, game by game. So it's going, think, be, it's going to be fun. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just said it's going to be a fun series, but it's also going to be a nail-biter. I think the series comes down to two things uh, for Boston. If they can control the neutral zone, that's number one. Because if they control the neutral zone, they can they can control Carolina's uh, speed and transition game. Uh, and And... As Kevin alluded to, adding Lindholm is like adding two defensemen because now you can throw McAvoy and Lindholm out there for 30 minutes a game, and it's like you've just acquired two defensemen. And the other thing is the health of Frederick Anderson. Now, I know he gets laughed at and joked at a lot by Bruins fans, but Frederick Anderson is a legitimate number one goaltender in the NHL. Uh, this isn't the Frederick Anderson that played behind a porous defense for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, that we able to rattle his cage a couple of times. This is a Frederick Anderson uh, who, with Antti Ranta, won the Jennings Award this season. Uh, so he's playing bef- behind a very good defensive team. Now, if Anderson doesn't come back or comes back at less than 100%, that's going to be key. I'm not knocking Antti Ranta because he's a good goaltender, but is he a guy for a seven-game series? I don't know. No. Yeah, and that's not to say that <clears throat> even if Anderson came back in and was playing 
that's still not to say that the Bruins still can't win this game. Of course they could, but I mean, yeah, you definitely have a lot better shot if Frederick Anderson is not in that net. And I think um, for me, I think uh, some of the keys, I think, you know, you guys hit the nail on the head with yours, but for me, I think keeping, uh, so the neutral zone that you were speaking of, I think that's a fantastic one because if you can stop their offense, um, you know, off the rush, that's huge. And another one is I think keeping them to the perimeter um, is going to be really important as well. You don't want them in those high danger scoring areas because they have a lot of guys who have good hands who can roof the puck. You don't want the right. I mean, and then another one too would be, um, you know, you already alluded to it with having pucks on net, pucks on net. I think another really important piece there is creating as much havoc in front of the net as you possibly can, regardless of who's in net, because you have guys. I mean, Jake DeBrusco, uh, what was it, a little over a week ago where he was right in front of the net and he roofed that puck? That was gorgeous. If you can have him on rebounds like that, being able to roof the puck like that, you also have Craig Smith, Charlie Coyle, Eric Hall. You have these guys who can get into those dirty areas and uh, really create havoc. Yep, Trent Frederick. You have those guys who can create a lot of havoc in front of the crease there and uh, take away vision as well. I mean, Lindholm's got a good shot from the point. Um, you have McAvoy who can get it on there. Um, I mean, even Fulbert, the sniper, has had some goals this year and can uh, rifle rifle one on there. So um, I think that's going to be very important, and I'm so excited to see how this starts and nervous about how it finishes. Yeah. The uh, for me, I think the biggest challenge is this Boston Bruins defense and and the the zone coverage, um, regardless of what situation five on five penalty kill or on the on the power play. Uh, I think that's going to be a real key asset to this Boston Bruins team and success is just you know knocking the lanes down and and be playing more man on man hockey and not letting a team like this that's so offensive just uh, skate right through um our line like it's butter and 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 going uh with Dom's uh talk about shutting down the offensive zone is is don't play so deep and let them generate that much speed you know the forwards and defense let's meet them more or less at the blue line and kind of contain that that you know that bullet through the wall kind of uh, mentality that they're going to come at you and, and it's going to come in layers that with creativity and it, it just seeing some clips uh, overnight, the past couple of days of how Carolina plays it, it's, it's very impactful offensively. So it's going to be a challenge on this defense. And if we can get that zone coverage down and not, you know, let, you know, your partner out to dry and so on. And, you know, you, you kind of cover the net a little bit um, better with uh, the offense that's just going to come at you. And, and there's going to be players in there that's going to sneak through and, 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 and be a uh, disturbance for all Mark or whoever's in net. So it's going to be a real challenge on that blue line and, and hopefully they're up for it. So real quickly, um, remember Tampa Bay's one, three, one neutral zone trap that they used to love to throw yeah. out there. I feel yeah. like that is the exact type of, defense that could really stifle their offense. I really do. Especially if you have a guy like Lindholm being that one, and then you have McAvoy, Bergeron, Marshan being the three across the middle, and then you have DeBrusque as that one um, up top. That would be that'd be dangerous going the other way. If you were able to, like, that'd be dangerous. That'd be a lot of fun to see. I, I don't think they'd implement something like that so 
you know. Oh, I don't think they will. I think they'll stick to to their zone defense. And as you alluded to, Kevin, that's that that helps keep everybody on the perimeters in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the offensive zone, they'll they'll go with that third man high coming back to the blue line, so that that um, they're not stuck in outnumbered situations going the other way. Um, you know, the system's there for the Bruins. It's about, you know, over the last three or four months, it's been about perfecting it, playing their game, playing their style. Uh, and and obviously, wouldn't we didn't see it last night, um, you know, missing eight players. But go back to the Tampa game. Um, that was perfection. That was the Bruins' defense to perfection. Uh, how many times did we see the Tampa Bay Lightning have to do the Zdeno Chara and flip it out high mm-hmm. to get out of out of their zone? Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't penetrate. They couldn't get in on, on Allmark. Uh, it was everything to the outside. So that's the way they're going to have to play. And uh, wrapping up some of these numbers and, and the conversation against uh, the, the first round playoff series against Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, this is the third time in four years the Bruins and Hurricanes have met in the postseason. Uh, it is, it's actually the seventh time in uh, Hurricanes and Whalers history uh, when go, going head to head, Boston leads that obviously five to one in the postseason play. So history is a little bit on our side, but. I'm more uh, apt to look at uh, closer to what we've seen in the past couple of years um, as this this Carolina team has grown and gotten better and developed really good and made some smart trades and, and you know, signed some really key players. So um, they they are the Metro Division winner with 54, 20 and eight record. It's 116 points. They're on a bit of a run lately, so they're going to be coming in hot, even though they're going to be rested as well. In their last 10 games, they're 8-2-0, and they uh, end the uh, 2021-22 regular season on a six-game winning streak. Um, Carolina's home record is is really, really freaking good, 29-8-4, and their away record is good as well. So it's going to be a little bit tough uh, to deal with there. Uh, Boston's home record is not that bad. It's very, very split uh, home and away. Uh, their home record is 26-13-2, while Boston's away record is 25-13-3. And, and Boston is 6-4-10 and 10 in their last 10 games. So it to me, it's just going to be one of those series that if, you, if Boston can come out and prevail, then like Dom said, the path, it just gets that much uh, better for success later in later rounds. I'm not saying it's going to be the ultimate end-all, be-all on a Stanley Cup success. But, you know, hey, getting to a second or third round is not bad and not a bad thing for the Boston Bruins as they continue to try to get higher up in the echelon when, you, when you're trying to make a, a serious run, a cup run. Yep. And I'll tell you one thing. Carolina, I guarantee, was thinking to themselves, I do not want to see the Boston Bruins in the first round. That's right. Guarantee it. That's right. Uh, just to just to uh, add something, the final thing on this series. Game one is Monday, May second at Carolina. Game two is May fourth at Carolina. Game three is May sixth at Boston, and game four is May eighth at Boston. So, let's get locked and loaded and ready for that. That's boys. Let's go, boys. Let's go. All right, let's move on to the next topic on the agenda. The uh, Boston Bruins longtime trainer, Donnie Del Negro, is set to retire at the end of the hockey season. 
listen, these guys behind the scenes, they really do not get enough credit. Um, they do by the in, internally, by the guys that are on the bench, by the guys in the locker room and, and the training staff and so on. So um, what a story. What a uh, the longevity of, of this guy and being with this team. It really tells you how much of a family they are and how much they care for one another that you can you want to stay here for that long until you're basically forced to retire. But, um, you know, kudos to Donnie Del Negro for a long career on making sure that all these Boston Bruins are fit and healthy and, and all this stuff. Um, it just it, it speaks volumes for what this organization does and um, and what it means to be a part of it. So thoughts on just some training staff stuff um, from Dom and Kevin? It, it's not often you have somebody in that situation who's with the team for that long. Um but he was well-loved by the players. You could gen genuinely see it in their faces after the game on the video where they presented him with the uh, – the, that was priceless, love, the, the the golf cart. Hey, Marcy, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But you, you could see how he genuinely influenced the players on a daily basis. And not just on the ice, but off the ice, uh, I'm sure that – that he's had conversations with each and every one of them about personal things that were going on in their lives. So, um, you know, I don't know who's next in line for the job, whether somebody will get promoted from within or whether they'll go look outside the organization. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out in the off season, but um, he's not somebody you easily replace. Not somebody that's going to come in and, fill his shoes right off the bat. So, you know, kudos to a long and successful uh, career with the Boston Bruins. Yep. Congrats on the career. Congrats on, you know, being able to retire. I mean, it's, it's definitely an important part of this team uh, or any team for that matter is having somebody who can keep everything in line behind the scenes off the ice. Um, and even, even on the ice, you know, someone needs a stick. I mean, it, it's very paramount to make sure that stick is even there, you know, for them to have. I mean, it's like, um, I, I feel like, that staff has always had the least amount of problems um, out of any any team that that I see around the league when it comes to equipment, when it comes to just you know really anything. And um, I, I think everything's been said. And you know, congrats to him, and hopefully he's uh, successful in his next endeavor. Yeah, and, and obviously his, his next endeavor is retirement. But to be, let's be honest. Lake Placid is not a place you go to get away from hockey. <laughs> so yeah. he'll be close by for, you know, for anything that to go check it out and blah, blah, blah. But still it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's kudos to him on a great career. And, and, you know, you could definitely see on that bench in the ceremony after the game, when he came out in the ice and so on, that the players just really, really care. And like Dom said, it's going to be so tough to fill those shoes you know, it's it's going to take a couple of years for this organization to to really buy into somebody like Don, and um, and hopefully we'll we'll get a, a name and a face soon during the off season once every this uh this Bruins postseason train stops. So and we'll see what happens. But congrats, Donnie, and and best wishes on the on the future. 
Oh, right. Um, a lot of retirement talk going on here. Did what, what do you guys think about the New York Islanders last night, pretty much in their season? They're not going to the playoffs. But at the end uh, is what I mostly want to talk about the game. Uh, have we saw the last of Zidane Ochara, former Boston Bruins and longtime captain of this club? Um, seemed to me, and I'm just speculating here, no information at all, and I'm not throwing shit against the fan. But what I am saying is um, that type of going away last night, heart waving and, and really acknowledging the fans, is that something that normally you see when people are ready to retire? Dom, why don't you go first? Oh, I uh, the Daniel Char is very, very private. He will he will take the ne- next couple of weeks and and decide. At least that's the way he's always done it. Uh, we didn't see this last year. We didn't see this uh, two years ago. Uh, so something tells me that that um, some of his teammates knew. That's why they waited to the end of the game. Um, and somebody on the opposition knew that's why they stuck around to to give the handshake and the hugs at, at the end there. So um, normally I would say I would say no, uh, nobody knows, but I have a feeling somebody knew something, and that's why we. And honestly, it was kind of sad. You know, I I hated to see it, but uh, you know, he he. Yeah. Did a lot for the Bruins organization. I, I, I don't think if the Bruins hadn't signed him back in 2006 that they wouldn't have Stanley Cup in 2011. Facts. Mm-hmm. Yep, Facts. that's definitely agreeable for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think the writing's been on the wall for him the entire season. Um, last night was just kind of the caveat. It was the, you know. Yep, you are right. You know, in thinking that way, um, it, it just it doesn't make sense for him to continue playing at this point. Um, I mean, he's still definitely a physical beast, that's for sure. The guy works out like no other. So does Yarmir Yager. You don't see him playing in the NHL anymore. Maybe Zidano decides to go home and you know do what. Yager did or Krejci is doing right now and, you know, play a little bit over there. But, yeah, I think his NHL days are over. And um, he had a fantastic career, that's for sure. I mean, I I can't – obviously, I'm not saying this as I know 100% uh, for sure because I don't. But um, I'm 99.9% confident in saying that Zdeno Chara played his last NHL hockey game. Yeah, I I also wanted to add this, and I I forgot, you know – the hockey world often talks about Mark Messier or Steve Eisenman being the greatest leaders of all time, but Zdeno Chara belongs in that conversation. What he did to the Bruins dressing room, the changing of the culture, the way the players are treated, uh, whether they be rookies or guys coming in via trade or free agency, uh, moving up through the ranks from Providence, formed that culture in the Boston Bruins dressing room and no other leader, no other captain on any other team in any other sport has done it to the level that Zidane Chara has. And he passed that on to future leaders like Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, who are now passing it on to the 
the Charlie McAvoy's, uh, the Brandon Carlos and, and those young people that are the next ones. And that was all Big Z. And he has to be talked about as one of the greatest leaders of all time in any sport, not just the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, and, and something that also has to be accounted for in, in, in an impossible decision is the limited amount of Eastern Conference teams that might be interested in the aging veteran moving forward because of his desire to stay really local to his family. Um, and those options might have been really limited. I know that there might be some teams that were interested out West and he just kind of declined that that'd be too far away for his family. So uh, maybe that's just weighing a little uh, heavy on his, on his mind and, 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 and in an effort to uh, spend more time with the, with the kids and, and his wife and so on. So regardless of his decision to play or, or retire, what a career. It's a Hall of Fame career, no doubt. Probably the first ballot. I mean, he does have a cup. He's got a lot of accolades. He's got great stats, an unbelievable plus minus. Um, you know, I, I think that that's deserving of, of an unreal career, regardless if he wants to hang it up this year or not. But um, we'll, my feeling, Mark, is that he'll take a year off away from hockey and he'll return. Much like Adam McQuay did, he'll return to the Bruins organization in some capacity. Yep. That's my that's my feeling. Makes I like sense. that. Yeah, it's not a bad idea either. I mean, we've seen it with Adam McQuaid right now, working with a ton of guys down in Providence uh, on the uh, physical aspects of the game and, and, and other areas of um, – of, of development. So it's, it's, it's not out of the realm to have some of these guys that were so impactful in, in the earlier years, like, like Chara was to come back and give back to the next generation of players in this Boston Bruins organization. Um, really quick. We don't have to really elaborate on this one because um, it, it, it's, it didn't have the career as, um, as Z did, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, Chris Bork uh, former Boston Bruin, former Providence Bruin, former Hershey Bear for a long time. Um, you know, former NHL. He did spend uh, quite quite a bit of time in the National Hockey League, and he's the son of the Boston Bruins legend Ray Bork. But uh, on Twitter today, he announced that he is retiring. So good on him. I know that uh, things weren't easy for a smaller player like him to get through the ranks of the NHL and the AHL, and even over uh, overseas in Europe. But uh, the guy perceived, uh, persevered and um, did what he had to do to provide for his family on a regular basis. So um, stuff like that really goes, uh, it speaks volumes to me. It's not just NHL success and Hall of Fame status and so on. To me, it's the grind of keeping the dream alive. And I think that Chris did that very well and uh, ex ex exemplified a lot of great qualities in his career, not only <clears throat> offensively, but also uh, giving back to younger players that are coming in and, and through the system. So uh, kudos to Chris Bork. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on him at all. Uh, no? just, yeah, you know, he carved himself a, a career in hockey, which, you know, thousands of kids try, uh, but not that, not that many make it, and he made it. So uh, tough for him being the son of a legend, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it just makes it tougher for those guys. But, oh, congrats on, on the retirement, and, uh, you know, he can say he made it. Yeah, that's Absolutely. true. I Absolutely. didn't. He did. 
Good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going right through these uh, these topics uh, pretty quickly. Um, is there anything that you guys want to bring up, or should we take that mid-show break now? Yeah, Dom's Fohawk got a little bit bigger as we've gone here. It's <laughs> it's like as we keep going, it just keeps getting higher. I've noticed that. It it's it's the opposite of Pinocchio. When he lies, his nose grows. When I get angry, but <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like a dog whose hair stands up on on its back when it gets yeah, yeah. Uh, when it gets scared or mad. And ever since he <laughs> went off about the Jake DeBrus thing, I mean that that Fohawk is standing higher. Yeah, well, you know, right. I'm going to have some Bruins fans angry at my comments, but hey, it is what it is. I I allow everybody to give their opinion, and uh, I'm just giving mine back. That's all it is. Absolutely. All right. Well, why don't we let you tame that um, beautiful head of hair, and we'll go and uh, hear from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff. Uh, it's all Boston sports, uh, Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, and the Bruins. He does uh, hand-signed um, sit-downs with uh, players from the past and current players. So uh, follow him on the Facebook and and, and share his, uh, his stuff, and you could win some free stuff. But he will talk to you all about the details to get in touch with him and what he has in his inventory this week. And uh, we'll uh, talk on the other side as we uh, wrap up the second half of this uh, Boston Bruins Carolina Hurricanes playoff preview. So we'll be back. Hey, Bruins fans, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. We are proud to have hosted two former Bruins and two Miracle on Ice gold medalist from 1980, Dave Christian and Dave Silk. Take home your Miracle on Ice memorabilia starting at just $39. Grab a USA hockey puck signed by Christian or Silk for just $39. Or take home a Miracle on Ice commemorative puck for just $44. Or take home an 8x10 photo signed and inscribed by either Christian or Silk against the Soviet Union for just $44. Or take home the Miracle 80 jersey, dual signed, dual authenticated, for just $135. For more information on our dozens of hand-signed Bruins collectibles, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email me directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, Bruins fans? We are back. This is the second half of our um, postseason talk. And uh, we just heard from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Go get some stuff, seriously. Amazing stuff. And... I can't even pull the stuff out that I got right now because it's absolutely crazy. It'll probably fall over with all the jerseys I got stacked up. But regardless, check him out. Buy some stuff. He's a great guy, and you can always reach out to him via all the social networks and uh, email address. So do it. Spice up that fan cave because you need it. I've seen it. It's disgusting. All right. 
<laughs> you love that, don't you? <laughs> I'm like Dom having speakers all over his house. Uh, Mark's got <laughs> video cameras all over your guys' man caves and can see everything. That's creepy. Even I keep myself out. <laughs> All right, uh, back to the agenda. Uh, old friend Chris Wagner uh, got the recall last night in Toronto. And um, to be honest with you, put on a pretty decent um, show uh, physically. Uh, his presence was definitely known. Uh, that was his first game, uh, first appearance of the season. He's been in Providence for quite a bit. And um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I like Chris and everything. Good play, great story. Uh, Massachusetts kid, but one always going to root for those types of people. Um, and it, I just got to give him kudos for the, the the effort that he put down in Providence, uh, showing the younger guys, the prospects, the guys that are uh, that are going to be coming up through the levels of the NHL sooner or later. Um, you know, just being that veteran type of guy and and and, and possibly, you know, uh, an extension of the bench of Ryan Mujanel and, and Trentonfield and Matt Thomas and so on. So uh, he's been a good soldier and, you know, d- didn't get pissed off or, or I didn't know of, but, you know, went down there and did what he had to do after he, um, he successfully went through the waiver process. Um, but where do we go from here with 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 Mr. Wagner? I ha- I mean I have a feeling that he's going to be a black ace, you no know, regardless, going to work out with the team and so on. But um, you know, there's a lot of Bruins fans out there that saw that physicality and say that that's the type of playoff um, style game that we need uh, moving forward. Uh, could he be uh, somewhat of an interest um, moving forward? I, I don't see it actually, but a lot no, of people no. were clamoring yeah. for it. Before yeah. you get into it, Dom. Before you get into it, <clears throat> I myself admittedly did not watch the game last night. I had a bit of a movie time with the with the lady, you know, I, I didn't watch it. So I didn't get to see the mayor of Walpole and, and what he was able to do. Um, so I'm going to leave this one up to you guys. All I can say is, what do you have? 11 hits last night. Wow. Um, yeah. Chris Wagner is in the lineup and playing. That means you have at least two injuries on the right side or at center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to see that. I want the best lineup possible out there, and that doesn't include Chris Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, people don't want to hear it. Asking me my opinion, that's my opinion. And, you know, maybe my opinion sucks, but that's what it is. Well, when you do your opinions in Russian, it's a lot better. Oh, like Georgi Nakulov. We needed one of those this part. Yeah, I love it. We're all getting whacked. We're all getting whacked. No, I agree, though. I think uh, Chris Wagner, um, you know, he's – I've had the chance of meeting him twice. He's a fantastic guy. I, I enjoyed his style of play here with the Boston Bruins, but he's just been overpassed by other players. And at this point, um, Dom's right. Your best lineup doesn't include him. And if he's in the lineup in one of these playoff games, you have some issues. And yeah, and I would honestly, if it were me, I wouldn't need, let's put it this way. In the NHL, he wouldn't get paid right now going mm-hmm. forward. Because there's they, they don't get paid for the playoffs. In the AHL, he still gets paid. Right. Well, obviously a, a lot smaller amount, but 
he's still getting paid. So um, I wouldn't even have him as a black ace. To me, he's the perfect player to be down with the Merkulovs, the 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 Steens, the Stanikas, the Beechers, uh, the Laukos, all those young guys that were looking to to get to Boston in the next couple of years and say, this is what you have to do to succeed, to make it to the next level. And to me, that's where Chris Wagner is more beneficial to the Boston Bruins being in that role than he would be as a black ace um, skating with three or four other guys before main practice at, at the NHL level. Agreed. Uh, guys I would have before Chris Wagner going into the lineup in the playoffs if needed. Uh, Bleed, Steen, McLaughlin, um, maybe even Fogarty. That's that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Get a little bit of uh, experience, a little veteran leadership and so on. Could never hurt. Um, good segue right into some, um, some talk about both the Boston Bruins minor pro affiliates have secured spots in their respective leagues both seasons. Um, the Providence Bruins uh, had a really good year, and it looks like they're going to finish in the third spot. Uh, but the top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins have one game remaining in the 2021 regular season. Uh, the last game is tonight as the Utica Comets visit the Dunkin' Donuts Center in downtown Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, Providence currently sits in the third position in the Atlantic Division and seems like that's where they'll end before uh, the return to the Calder Cup playoffs. There hasn't, hasn't been any postseason for the American Hockey League Providence Bruins in the past two years due to the pandemic and so on. So it's good to have uh, playoff hockey coming back. So that means that the Providence Bruins are on an eight-year consecutive role in the postseason, which is really nice. Um, the AHL Bruins have a 36, 24, 5, and 6 record for 83 points. Um, Providence is 2013, 2-0 at home and a road record of 16, 11, 3, and 6. The Bees are on a five-game losing streak, and it hasn't been easy for head coach Ryan Mujanel and, and coaching staff with recent call-ups and end-of-season injuries. The injuries have been horrendous for this team coming down the stretch here. Uh, the best What's of three status, Mark. What's that? What's Grossnick's static status in net? Uh, he um, he started on a lot, I think last Saturday or Sunday, so he's back. But um, yeah, I think he's back. I'll have to look into that. Sorry, Dom. Okay. I uh, yeah, I think I think he's back, but I'm I'm not totally sure. Uh, the best of three first round called the cup playoff series against the Bridgeport Islanders starts on Monday, May 2nd at 7.05 at the Duncan Providence. Game two is in Bridgeport on Wednesday, May 4th at 7 p.m. And game three is back in Providence on Friday, May 6th for the final game of round one. Really quick, the East Coast Hockey League, the ECHL. I got to stop doing that. ECHL Maine Mariners uh, got in the uh, ECHL playoffs as the uh, fourth seed in the Eastern Conference after a 2022 regular season record of 33-31-5-3 for 74 points. Um, this is the first postseason appearance uh, for the Maine Mariners as an agreement 
with the Boston Bruins to be uh, affiliated with the AA Minor Pro um, affiliate. Uh, game five is tonight at 6 p.m. at the Cross Insurance Arena in Portland, Maine. Game six will be in Reading, Pennsylvania against the Royals. Uh, the series uh, between Maine and Reading is tied at two and in the best of seven first round matchup. So a little bit of uh, some Providence and um, Maine Mariner talk just to get Pete folks updated because all three levels of the Boston Bruins organization when it comes to uh, development and playing are all in the postseason, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, disappointed in the Providence Bruins season. Really? And, yeah, I I thought they would have been better. Um, and I have to say, I hate best of three series because um, anything can happen. I mean, look at the Bruins losing the first two games uh, in 2011. Okay, in a best of three series, you're done. You're you're out. You're finished. But what do they do? They come back and they win the Stanley Cup. Um, obviously the AHL isn't the NHL level, but it's the same, it's the same process. I just, I don't like best of threes. You look at, uh, Andre Gasso and Mason Langenbrunner in the USHL lot lost while well, Langenbrunner was out with an injury, but they lost the best of three, uh, series, uh, two games to none. And now their season is, is over and finished. I just don't like them because, you don't get a chance to rebound. Yeah, the the, the minor pro levels are kind of weird, and especially in the American Hockey League, because the first round this year, I, I believe it's it's round of three, and then the second round is a round of five, and then it goes seven seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 just structured very strangely. Hopefully that that changes too, as well as the NHL. Hopefully that does it, but um. Yeah, well, um, since we're on the uh, the topic of prospects, uh, Fabian Lysel uh, in four games thus far in the WHL postseason, uh, the former 2021 first-round selection of the Boston Bruins is has three goals, seven assists, ten points after wow. going yeah after going 22, 40, 62, and 53 games this season, uh, and, and he's playing um, in the in North America for the first time, so. Obviously, uh, he's having a really good year and continues to end the postseason against a very good Everett Silvertip team during the regular year. I thought for sure that Everett would would um, kind of like sweep these guys, but uh, no, the WHL Giants and and their staff have really gotten this team together with what they have on their plate and and orchestrated a pretty decent series, and it continues. Um, uh, for Lysel and the Giants uh, tonight on the road against the uh, host Everett Silvertips. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time over here in the uh, on the East Coast. And uh, get yourself a subscription to CHL TV. It's $8.99, folks, to watch Fabian and, and all these prospects uh, that are up in Canada right now. Uh, real quick. Go ahead. Oh, and, and to go from European ice – over to North American ice is not an easy thing to do. And seeing what LaSalle has been able to do seamlessly is very impressive. Very, very impressive. And I am so excited to see what his future is going to look like with the Providence Bruins next year. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not just the game. It's, it's the culture, the lifestyle change. 
Look, before last night's 11-6 drubbing, and let me go back just a quick second. I actually um, had Everett to win the series in six games, so I'm not surprised that that Vancouver won two of them because they played them well throughout the season. Um, But before last night's 11-6 victory, uh, um, Vancouver was down two games to one. But Fabian Lysel was in on 80% of Vancouver's offense. Think about that. 80% of their offense went through him. Now, obviously, last night's numbers uh, changed that. But, <coughs> excuse me, even uh, Brett Harrison over in, in the OHL, um, you guys have heard me talk about it. And Mark, you and I had him on a show one time yep. that, um, not long ago that there were certain aspects of his game that I was disappointed in um, throughout the season. But um, he has three goals and three assists. Actually, changed that because the NA, or the OHL took away an assist just yesterday from his first game. In the playoffs, they changed the scoring like three days later. So if you're on Hockey DB or Elite Prospects, that hasn't been updated. But he has three goals, two assists in four games, and uh, leads the generals in scoring. Uh, and you know they're down. Uh, I I have Kingston winning that series in six games, and they're up three games to one. But uh, you know he's surpassed his output from the regular season in terms of points per game. So where are the Ty Tulios uh, or, or the roll-offs or the Olofsons of, of that team? Where is their offense coming from? Same way with Lysel in, in Vancouver. So your Bruins prospects have picked it up at the next, le- at the playoff level. So we there's something to look forward to there. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously, we, we just talked about Brett Harrison. And game five is tonight, and they're down in this series. Is that correct, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, three right. to one. Um, oh, and, and then the other one is uh, Ryan Mast in, in Sarnia. I'm actually leaving for that game as soon as we're done recording this. But, uh, you know, it, it, that's a tough series for Sarnia. I don't think anybody gave them a chance. I actually had Windsor to win in in five games and they're at home tonight and it looks like they're going to take it in five games but uh you know even ryan mast has been a, a big minute muncher in in uh in these playoffs and he's helped stem the tide of that that powerful windsor offense like yeah they're winning four to one or four to two uh but you know they're capable. Windsor's capable of scoring seven or eight goals a game. So, um, little things. If Mark, I know how many games you watch, and you know I keep telling people, just don't go by the stat sheet or the scoreboard. You have to watch these games. Yes, eye test is important. Um, and that powerful Windsor offense is derived by yeah. the orchestration of former Boston Bruins forward Mark Savard. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, and I will say there was chatter early in the season, like, I mean, very early, and maybe after the first month, six weeks, that Winter was looking to possibly make a coaching change because they weren't where they were supposed to be on paper. So kudos to Savvy for for uh, turning that team around and, and, and what an offensive juggernaut they are. It's just too bad Sarnia had to face them because I really don't think they – stand a chance of coming back in this series, let alone winning another game. True. And in that series, um, the Ryan Mast has one assist in four games. So good on him for that. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you want, if you want to go to one more prospect, Mark, to, I mean, up to you, but we could talk about uh, Philip Smith back in uh, debut in the USHL. Uh didn't have a very good start last night in their first game of their best of three series against um, Muskegon. Uh, yep. Let in two goals and eight shots in the in the first period and was pulled after the period and uh, lost four to three. So uh, he went into the game as as the number one starter for the playoffs, but he might have lost that. Uh, that position we'll see what they do for games two and three they'll be back home but whether they can bounce back again best of three series don't like them very much yeah that was a tough game to watch felt bad for yeah. him on there but it is what it is um moving on to the next one uh jeremy swayman gets the uh this year's nesson seventh player award was the rookie the right choice for a fan vote now we under, I understand that fan votes are um, derived by many aspects of fandom, like either he's a good player or he's just a, 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 an absolute man rocket. There's so many different ways that you can vote for this, but in my opinion, I thought Eric Caller would have been that type of person to get it uh, over uh, Jeremy Swayman. And I'm not knocking Jeremy Swayman, still a rookie and so on. He's going to be the future of the Boston Bruins organization and so on. But I just thought that the the the, the path of Eric Halla since the turn of of the um, of the calendar year, per se, and or when he got sat and saw from the ninth floor, really turned his year around and, and created more um, secondary scoring for a line that's known to put the puck in the net with uh, with uh, David Pasternak on the right and uh, Taylor Hall on the left. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I it, to me, it's like a popularity contest. It really is, and and but that's what you get with the fan vote. And I don't know what what are your thoughts, Tom? I agree, it's a popularity vote, and I'm not going to be very popular with this comment, but I don't think a goaltender should win it. Like Jeremy Swayman did not impact enough Bruins games this this season to what he played forty games, something well, like that. Well, yeah. What about the other forty two? You know, it's like he he didn't have enough of an impact through an eighty two game season to to say, yeah, he's he's the one. I mean. We could say the same thing about Eric Halla. I mean, he really didn't take off until after January 1st. So where was he at the, the first part? Give me the guy from beginning to end that exceeded anything we ever could have expected of him. I mean, we could include Jake DeBrusque in there. But again, yeah. where was he at the beginning of the season? 
Um, so it, it's not what has this guy done for me for 40 games. It's what has he done for, for 82 games and did it exceed my expectations? And the guy I keep leaning towards, and I know Kevin's going to agree with me on this one. No, I'm not. And the, the, the guy I keep leaning towards for 82 games from start to end is Curtis Lazar. It is interesting. Um, I'm going to disagree, though. Oh, I, 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 going to. I told you I was going to. I okay. won you. Because so I am on, I am on the Eric Holla boat. I understand what you're saying about the 82 games, um, you know this and that. But for me, the seventh player award is a player who went above and beyond expected. It's not for. It, it doesn't say anything about for an entire season or anything like that. It's which player went above and beyond what was expected of him. And for me, that was Eric Holla. I mean, even though in the beginning of the season I was saying put this guy with you know. Uh, uh, David Pasternak or a uh, and a Taylor Hall. I mean, I also had Coyle in there too. I was flip flopping between the two of them, but Eric Hall was one of them. And I, I just think what this guy did for this team is very important. That position was very, very. It, it, it was scary. We weren't sure what we were going to get out of that position, and Eric Hall has done something that he hasn't done since the inaugural season for the Vegas Knights. And that is center a second line successfully. And you can say it's because of the players he's playing around. You can say whatever you want. But to me, I, I think it's, I think he's the perfect fit for them. He's done a fantastic job. He's gone above and beyond. I can say 99.9% .9 of people's expectations for sure. Um, he's the guy And you know, in Jeremy Swayman, he did not go above and beyond expectations. Um, especially for most of the people who probably voted for him because the now it's time for my rant because the time, the amount of people who voted for him act as if Jeremy Swayman has already won them 15 Stanley cups. And yeah. it's honestly the most annoying thing I've ever seen because Jeremy Swayman this year hasn't shown me anything to make me believe that he is 100% going to be this year in year out Vesna candidate who's going to win multiple cups. Do I think he's going to be a good goaltender? Yes. Do I think he's going to be an elite all-star yet? Not sold. I'm not sold. Um, he's got to prove some stuff. Has he shown flashes? Yes. But there's many players in this league have who have shown flashes of what they can do. It's about consistency. I know he's a rookie. He's got time and I want to see how he continues to develop, but seventh player award. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. It's a joke. Um, I'm with you, Mark. It's an absolute joke. It's, it's, it's annoying. Oh my God. It's so annoying. I mean, if we go from Nick Ritchie winning with butt goals to now <laughs> Jeremy Swayman winning because he's the most, cause he, cause he, he's a part of a goalie hug. You know, it's like, and I'm sure I'll get backlash and I could care less. This is my opinion. And this is how I feel about it, you know, but. I, I, won't, I won't argue with your opinion. You're you're probably right. I'm glad you said it because it takes me off the hook now. <laughs> I love Everybody at Kevin O'Keefe, 89, <laughs> right there. That's, that's, that's your man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to use the terminology that Jeff Merrick on the Jeff Merrick show and 32 Thoughts, Thoughts used very often, and it's green bananas when it comes to uh, Jeremy Swayman. You know, we 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 kind of have a feeling what we have, but let's wait and see what we actually have um, and see what 
how this whole this whole path uh, comes out for Jeremy. And the expectations are just a little high right now. But he's an exciting player that people are latching on to, which is good. But it's also a path for others to criticize, much like Tuka Rastage for a majority of his career here in Boston. So nobody's going to be happy in goal. I, I've, I've, As a former goaltender, no pro, nothing, just beer league hero, I can tell you right now that the the um, the people are already out on Jay Sway and so on, and it's sad because it just it just puts out a really bad narrative for a kid that's really trying to be his best for everybody mm-hmm. that's watching. You know, it's just a really fair uh, disadvantage at, yep. for a development player. So, and if he ends up just being a backup in the league, that's okay. That's absolutely yeah. fine. You know, like, and that's not me saying that's what I think is going to happen. I'm just saying, you know, if he ended up becoming a backup, that's absolutely fine. I mean, people got to stop putting these expectations on kids who, you know, need to find their footing in the NHL, get used to the culture, get used to the room, get used to the routines, get used to uh, playing against the top talent. I mean, we saw him absolutely fold against Toronto, absolutely poop his pants. It it was in, you know, it, it's because he wasn't ready. Do I think that's what he's going to be a year or two from now? No, I don't. I think he's going to get used to it all, and he's going to be a lot better. Look at Tuka Rask. I mean, Tuka Rask coming into the league. I mean, the year they won the Cup, I think he was, what, like 11 and 14 or something mm-hmm. like that? He wasn't a world beater, but he kept at it. somewhere. Yeah, he kept at it, and he became statistically the best goaltender to ever play for the Boston Bruins. So, you know, give it some time. I'm not out on Jaceway or anything like that. I like the player. I think he's got a great attitude, and that's half the battle. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. But seventh player award. Yeah. All right. Let's I'd be move curious on. To if, if Linus Allmark was, he wasn't on the list to vote for, was he? I, I don't know. But if he yeah. was, what would the split be there? Should he wouldn't win it for me. He wouldn't win it for me either. Again, to me, it comes down to, to me, number of games has a lot to do with it. But I I bet the people that that voted for Swayman are probably the ones that were complaining about why did we sign Allmark? Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't need him. Great signing. Hindsight is 20-20. Yeah, great. Yeah. I mean, we were we were on board with this signing. I mean, I'm sure all three of us were on board with this yeah. signing when it happened. Yeah. But hindsight now for the for the haters, oh my god. I mean, Tuca wasn't able to continue his career. Very upsetting. Really sucks. Might be happy for some other people. Um, Jerry Jeremy Swayman has not proven that he can take this team to a to a Cup Finals. I mean, I'm not even sold that Allmark can do that, but I think Allmark is your best bet, and he was a fantastic signing, one of the best goaltending um, signings of this year. It just yeah. it just proves it just proves that this fan base is so overreactionary and does not give the benefit of the doubt of a player adjusting to a new system. They just think that they're pros. They come in and they're just like here. You need to figure out how to play. It takes a little time. And and let me tell you, I am no goalie expert at all. I, I tend to watch that position a little bit more. Yeah, because it's my favorite position. It, it, it took time for him. Listen to great folks like Andrew Raycroft, who were really harping on this early in the season, that it's not so easy to come into a new system and learn it right off the bat. You're going to go through trials and tribulations, and that's exactly what happened. And look what happened in the second half of the season. 
Lenius Olmark really thrived in the role and, and the pressure and everything that he's dealing with. And he's one of the best goaltenders in the league right now. And his, and his stats prove it. He has been absolutely unbelievable yeah. as of late. Oh my God. The glove, his glove right now. Oh my God. Yeah. He's he has got, got that thing always on. Had, always had a great glove hand, but so good. Know, Mark, Mark made an interesting point though, where with about the fan base expecting these guys to come in and transition flawlessly. It doesn't have, it, it rarely happens at the NHL level. And then, and then they look at a guy like Hampus Lindholm comes in flawless. Different position. Yeah. A, a different position, but different level of player. Like that Lindholm is in a, is an elite level hockey IQ type of player. And, and that's why we didn't see Hala come in like that uh, right off the bat. It took him a, a period of adjustment um, or a Forbert. I don't think anybody can be complaining about Derek Forbert's last few weeks in, in the NHL. No, especially uh, when, especially when he came onto this team, he was put into a position he never should have been put into. In right. the first place. So now he's put, uh, it's another thing the Lindholm acquisition has, has done is put Forbert where he belongs and he's succeeding at it. So these transitions take time and, and people got to learn like this isn't McDonald's. It's not a Burger King. It's not E&W. It, no it free is ads, not, Dom. Oh, right. <laughs> It's not fast. It's not fast food, and we got to get out of this fast food mentality. There, so true. You know, and and to, to go back on the Allmark signing too. I was just thinking this too. You know, how many Bruins fans wake up and think that Don Sweeney's just this buffoon sitting there thinking to himself, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to sign a goaltender. I mean, there's been a lot of thought. There's been a lot of people involved in these discussions to come yeah. to the determination that they needed to go out and sign that player. So you're not there. You're not in the room. You have no idea what's going on. So if if Don Sweeney goes out and decides we need a goaltender, obviously that means there's been talk with Tuka Rask's camp that leads them to believe there's a really big chance they're going to need a guy like this. There's also the development of Jeremy Swayman talking with the goaltender coaches who are fantastic, by the way, and where he's at in his development, because you can't take a sample size, a small sample size against a handful of teams in the NHL in a shortened season and say, oh, we got ourselves a starting goaltender who's going to take us to a cup next year. You, you can't. You just can't do that. So you really need to look at every aspect of what is going on behind the scenes and really think to yourself, there's a reason why these guys are the ones making the decisions. They may not always be right, but you find that out sooner than later. And on this one, he was 100% absolutely, undoubtedly correct. Right, because there, there is a there is a, a large portion of the fan base that uh, thought that this team should go into the season with Jeremy Swayman and Daniel Pladar. And if that, those were your two netminders, I don't think we'd be looking at a playoff spot right now. No, that's and, what Washington did with Vitek Vanacek and um, uh, Samsonov. Yep. And how yep. did that work out? And I'll, I'll tell you, I got grief. I got hammered badly 
on Twitter about my suggestion. I said, I have a feeling this Boston Bruins team, and we've all talked about this uh, in, in separate channels, about a veteran coming in with with the uh, – we all knew Tuka Rouse was going under the knife. We all knew that. It was like the Boston Bruins needed an insurance policy. And believe it or not, a $5 million insurance policy in a four-year deal wasn't so bad with Leonis Allmark now, is it? Mm-hmm. And I get he hit called, us with a knuckleball on that one. Yeah, None of I us called, expected that. I got called an idiot because uh, I was like, I think I just have a feeling of veterans coming in here because they're going to need somebody right now. I don't think they can rely and put the pressure on Jeremy Swayman this early. And look what happened. Leonis yep. Allmark comes right in. So I wonder there how talks, was- Yeah, we were talking about Darcy Kemper maybe getting traded. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about guys like uh, taking a shot at Holtby, even though I wasn't talking about that. But I saw that. No, but there was, there was um, conversation about Holtby. There was. They, you know. Um, they had conversations with the Canucks about him. Yeah. So there was other, there, we were expecting a veteran guy who could hold the fort until a guy like Tuka Raska come back or until we knew what we had in a Jeremy Swayman. But right. when that curveball came from Don Sweeney with, with Allmark, I was like, Oh yeah. I was oh. like, that's a signing. Bruin, hashtag Bruins Twitter meltdown. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got a good segue though for, yeah, Pretty absolutely. Nice we got some good, good conversation, good topics out of this. I mean, us three just we just have that that really good chemistry, I believe, and I love working with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, we got one a hashtag AskBNG, and this is from our friend well, Cam Hull. No, 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 no. Before that, we have the Don Sweeney conversation to have. Oh shoot! I'm I'm <laughs> I marked it as we already talked about it. Nope, that was the Russ one. Stupid highlighter. Uh, get a thinner one, Mark. Get Blame the equipment. One. And name it Kevin. Get us in there one and name it Kevin. That's funny. All right. So the last. Get us in one. Fans fans listening may not know this, but there is actually two Kevins on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. I I named my stomach. So when I'm hungry, I I named my stomach Mark in retaliation. (laughs) In retaliation. All right. Getting it back down to planet Earth here. And and finally figuring out that I, I need to talk about one more topic. And it's it's kind of you know, we don't have to like go on about it, but um it is it is kind of interesting to me because Bruins general manager Don Sweeney remains unsigned going into the 2020 20, uh, 2022 NHL playoff season. Is postseason success and longevity the end in uh the uh the oh, is this going to uh, basically, uh, if he's not successful and the Boston Bruins are not successful, does he still have a job? Yes. If he I'd doesn't like make to, it. I'd like to take this one if I could, if that's okay. Um, I think that he is 100% going to be the general manager of the Boston Bruins going forward. I don't think the playoffs has any indication on whether or not he will be re-signed and he will be making um, his second round pick for the best player available um, this upcoming July, I believe, or ended. Yeah. July is when we'll have the draft, I believe. Yep. I, he's safe. He's safe. Um, I will say this. Uh, Charlie McAvoy signed for eight seasons the trade for Hampus Lindholm and signing him for eight seasons um David Pasternak an extension will get done there 
He'll have Brad Marchand for a few more years. The not Taylor Hall mention, signing. Not, not to mention some of these NCAA free agents they brought in this uh, this year, like Merkulov and McLaughlin and Boosie, uh, um, Boosie, and and guys like Mason Lorai on the way, uh, Fabian Lysel on the way. There is no retool or complete teardown rebuild coming for the Boston Bruins. Nope. Those pieces, <laughs> excuse me, that I named there. Let's, and let's not forget Swayman. Uh, mm-hmm. Those pieces that I named there have set the team up for the next 10 years. There is no rebuild coming. There is no retool coming. Um, their, their next major piece of concern is to find an eventual Patrice Bergeron uh, replacement. And there are several ways of going around to doing that. Uh, is he safe? Yes. Is he going to get canned if they don't win around in the playoffs? No. Don Sweeney has his team set up for the future. Well said. Well said. Yeah, it's just something I threw in at the end just to, just to see if, um, you know, I, I think if they don't do it this year, I think they're more prepared to like really make it be a success next season because they'll take advantage of the off season and, and kind of figure out, you know, if they do the need to get another center in here and so on, like so many think that they should have done at the trade deadline, but it seems to be working out with Eric Haller right now. But if, yeah. if crap rolls down Don Sweeney's <laughs> leg next year and he makes panic, bad panic moves, to try to appease a fan base and win a cup for Patrice Bergeron if he's back or something like that, and he just like kind of screws the future, I think that could be a situation that might see Don Sweeney's seat uh, be on fire. But I, I don't foresee that happening. So I think he's going to be pretty safe. Let's wrap this one up with hashtag AshBNG, and this is from our friend Cam Halt over at Halts on Hockey on the Black and Gold Podcast Network. He says, if any injuries ha- if I- any injury happens to the forward group, who do you think gets the nod first? Same question for the D group. Obviously, we know with the goalies. Oh. Leiden Riley. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, like, I yeah. mean, we don't even know who the black cases are. And right now, uh, those, those are your extra players, is Bleeding Riley. Yeah, and and one thing I do want to talk about the the extra players that are going to be uh, not not roster players, but black aces and and whatever you want to call them, is it? I really hope that they don't pillage the the American Hockey League Providence roster um, to get them a little successful in the postseason. And I completely understand that the whole organization, even the minor pro levels, are all on board with we need to do what it takes to have the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup and be successful every year. I totally get that, but it would really really be good to see this Providence team do well, and I just want to have them basically put out the best rosters that they can, but I do understand that you need to be traveling with extra players, and that, that's where they're going to come from. It's, it's, it is unfortunate, but um, it just – it really to me, it really no- gives a little knock on to what Ryan Mugenel, um and his coaching staff went through this season – on a very roller coaster ride, a minor pro level uh, campaign. So, mm. um, you know, I, I think Providence deserves a, a, a deserves something 
Um, you know, like another called the cup. It's been since 1999. So it would be re really good for the organization and the community to, to get back to these uh, winning ways. Yeah. And to further that question a little bit and to answer it a bit further, even though it wasn't asked, but you're getting it anyway. So deal with it. I <laughs> think after bleed, I seriously think it's McLaughlin. And then after Riley, I think it's Brown. Yeah. Uh, because seriously, who are you? Um, unless Matt Grizzlick goes down, Jack Sean is not getting the call to, to get in the lineup. Yeah. I, 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 I just can't see it. And you might even see Brown sneak in there anyways, depending on a matchup or a certain situation. You could possibly see him go in there for the physicality. Yeah. We'll yeah. And also don't knock out uh, Ty Lewin seem to be that type of player too, if, if needed. But I would I would go with Brown first. Let's um let's wrap this thing up. What do you guys say? Let's do so it. That was it. That was a fun show, huh? Fun yeah. pr playoff preview. Okay. What Tom Stolhawk is standing on end underneath that hat now. The hat's for, amazing. For, I'll whack the, you uh, if you say anything about the hat. For, forget the Bruins Kane series. What do you guys think is the most interesting series of the first round of the playoffs? Oh, let's see. Toronto, Honestly, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Toronto, Tampa Bay, because really? it's so interesting. Yeah, because can Toronto get past the first round? And is Tampa going to continue their road to a three-peat? I mean, that's really interesting for me. I, I really like that series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I agree with Mark. So, I'm, all about, so I'm all about chaos on the, on, on the yeah. program and everything yeah. like that, but – for me, Tom, where are I, you going? I find, I find two series really interesting. They're both out in the West, and it's Minnesota and St. Louis is oh, one. Yep. Because uh, of any series, that is the toughest one to call. I mean, those two teams could literally kill themselves. And the other one, believe it or not, is Nashville and Colorado. And I'll tell mm -hmm. you why. <laughs> of all the teams in the Western Conference playoffs, to me, Nashville is the one that can destroy Colorado. The physicality that Nashville can bring, and let's face it, Colorado's not a very physical team. Nashville can literally destroy them. The, the only, physically, the only issue with Nashville is that they're the most penalized team in the NHL. So, if they can learn to stay out of the box and, and bring that physicality, I mean, we've seen it against the Bruins, uh, bring that physicality to Colorado, uh, Colorado could cave in. Yeah. And, and UC Saros is a fantastic goaltender who <laughs> could be a type of goaltender who could steal a series. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm. Exactly. Like I was just about to say, it's like I kind of I'm not comparing series to series, east to west, and so on, but I'm kind of thinking the same lines as the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricane series with the Predators and Avalanche series is goaltending. It's like uh, you know, Frederick Anderson for uh the Carolina, UC Saros. What's what's his story gonna be going into these playoffs? Is he gonna be healthy or not? So that plays a uh you know a heavy it's not gonna be yeah, easy. I'm not. I'm not trying to predict a winner. I'm just thinking in terms of interest that those two series. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will be glued to Minnesota 
uh, St. Louis just because I think it's going to be that good. But I'll be just as glued to, to Nashville, Colorado to see if Nashville brings that physicality because I really, really think with their physical game, they, they could contain uh, Colorado and they could make them buckle. Absolutely. And speaking of the, uh, the the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs, we do have a bracket challenge that's going on. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter, so if you follow me and you're listening to this and you're watching on YouTube, give us all follows, obviously. But follow me and send me a DM if you want to get involved. The last day to sign up is Monday, probably Monday morning because the playoffs start on Monday. So it's a real small window. I'll try to get this out as soon as possible to let all the fans know that we do have a, a cool little thing going on. And I got like probably a hundred freaking people already uh, DMing me about uh, entry entries. So I will send both of you guys one too, if you want to get involved. All right, let's wrap this one up because I got a lot of editing to do and the Providence Bruins are playing the last game tonight. So let's go. We do have a Patreon account that I want to talk about. If you donate $1 to patreon.com slash black hockey podcast, you will be eligible to win weekly prizes like hand signed pucks from all these, all this, all this madness. Even got this one, which is pretty cool. This is a, a standalone. It's a Johnny Busick hand signed, fully authenticated. This is the this is the type of stuff that I buy for our guys. Real good quality stuff, you know. And also, I want to mention that. Terry O'Reilly jersey is the May giveaway. So if you want to get involved in this, it's still just a dollar. So don't forget that. All right. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and help us out uh, pay the bills here in the black gold studio and uh, give us enough uh, cash to roll over and buy some more stuff for these weekly giveaways. We have a lot of fun doing it. And we bet, I think we got over 60, 60 uh, Patreon members. So it's really cool. That was a fun episode. Fun playoff preview. Can't wait till Monday night. Can't wait for the Providence Bruins to play Monday night. It's going to be amazing. The postseason is here. It's the best time of the year. What are you guys' thoughts? I I can't wait. I don't know. To me, I mean, I've been excited for a week now because of the OHL playoffs. So, it, it to me, it's just a double, double un- influx of – some kind of drug driving me crazy. You know? <laughs> nice. I, I'm so excited. And guys, I think Allmark is going to be absolutely phenomenal in his first ever postseason run. I think this guy is going to be so damn good and is going to give these guys a chance to win every night. And their defense, I think, is going to just be one of the best in the playoffs. I, I they just need to finish. They need to finish. If they can do that, I think this team is going to go to my original prediction, and that is an Eastern Conference um, uh, finals. And where they go from there, only time will tell. All right. Oh, and I also forgot the Patreon winner this week. Sorry. It is Joel Marshall. Joel's out in the San Jose, California area. So thank you very much, Joel. And I'll be getting your uh, signed uh, puck or signed photo out to you as soon as possible. All right. With that being said, we want to thank all the listeners, all uh, the the, um, the the interaction that we get every week is amazing. We truly appreciate it. 
Um, thank you, Dom. Thank you, Kevin, for another solid week of Boston Bruins hockey talk. Yeah, what else? Let's change it up. No more peace out. Let's go. Let's go bees for the playoffs. So every episode we do here from now going forward for the postseason, it's a go bees. You like it? I mean, sure, we can do it, but I'm not. okay. You're sure. gonna do the peace out anyway. I love you. All right. No, so everybody, first, I just I just want to dedicate my portion of this to to Jake DeBrusque and to Guy Lafleur. Oh yes, Ooh. yes, yes. Classic. The legend Guy Lafer, who um, tragically lost his life to, I, I believe it was lung cancer. Yeah. And um, you know, geez, what a what a what a week of re- remembrance for that gentleman, and the stories that have come out that I didn't even know. Um, just an amazing person, amazing player, and uh, just a an unreal story. So um, you know, thoughts uh, go out to his uh, family and friends, and the grieving process continues. So. Uh, just another I, thing, Mark, I had written down here and I forgot to mention it. Uh, if people haven't seen it on Twitter yet or any other social media, uh, check out uh, former Boston Bruins draft pick uh, Malcolm Subban doing the national anthem at the Buffalo Sabres game uh, last night uh, against Chicago, right? Interesting. I believe it was. Yes. Uh, yep. Both, both teams uh, really enjoyed it, gave them the huge stick taps. The fans loved it. Great performance. If you haven't seen it, uh, go check it out. Uh, former Bruins draft pick Malcolm Subban. Yeah, that was great, and he hit all those notes perfectly. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Great episode. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, sharing, retweeting, doing all the great things that you supporters do. The financial supporters have been great. BetOnline.ag, our show sponsor, has been fantastic. Please go use them and use that code CLNS50. But let's go, boys. Let's go, bees. It's let's, the go bees. It's let's, go bees. let's go, bees. Let's go, bees. And fans, peace out. Peace out. I promise you I will try and get Kevin to do the national anthem before the next podcast. Let's go, bees. Peace out. Go, bees. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Peace out.